0: Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Pray Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Pray Heights. Enjoy the message. For the past five weeks, we've been talking quite a bit, and every time I'm up here doing the welcome, I, I talk about spiritual growth, or maybe your faith journey, or your, or your journey with God. And I think about my journey. I think about what I went through. And I also think there was a time in my life I'd be like, faith journey, what's that? So today, today I I want something for you. Last night, I came to practice. And I walked around this auditorium seven times. If you've ever read Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, it's a great book on prayer. And I prayed. I was not expecting this. And I prayed for everybody that hears this, whether you're online, whether you're in the auditorium. I prayed that something I say, something that God gives me to share with you this morning, it resonates with you just a little bit, gives you a little bit of clarity. Because what I want for you today is just have a little bit better understanding of where you're at in your spiritual journey and what, what a spiritual journey is. And I mean, I had conceptions about church. They impacted my whole life. They impact my relationship with my wife. They impact, they impact everything that I do. And it's, it's important for me, as I look back to see how it's impacted me, and maybe share some of that with you, because it it might just stick. It might just stick with one of you. So I've got four stages that I'm going to share with you here in a minute. But I think first I've got to give you a quick rundown of my perspective. Hey, where's this guy coming from? I could get up here and give you the four stages. But here's a little bit about my experience. I grew up in the Catholic Church. Went every week. I was an altar boy, and not so I could drink the wine. I went to catechism, went to confirmation classes, I never, ever got confirmed, though. Graduated from high school and went off to college. Church was in my rearview mirror. I played basketball for a guy who I love and I owe a lot to. His name is Bob Davis. And I would antagonize him by just telling him I didn't believe in God. It was fun for me, maybe not so much fun for him. Then ultimately, I started going back to church because of a guy I worked for. I, I was fortunate enough to coach college basketball, and the head coach I worked for he thought the team should go to church every Sunday. And If the team was going, why wouldn't the assistant coach go? So we started going to church every Sunday. Brought my family along. My wife was probably happy about that. But I started going to church because of my boss. And then I kept going to church. And we kept going to church. And we moved around. And we moved around. And that meant we were going to have to figure out a new church. So always, a couple times it happened, We start off, hey, what denomination? Maybe we should check that out. And then do we like the pastor? Do we like the music? You know, church shopping. Many of you have done that at some point in your life. Maybe you're doing it today. Who knows? We landed at Prairie Heights back in 2007. We had a couple kids. And we had a few more. And I've been blessed with a fantastic family that support me and love me and maybe sometimes talk to me, which is good. And I had a, had a, a great job. I loved it, and I was okay at it. And then I came to work here at Prairie Heights in 2021. And amazingly, right now, it's 2022. I've made the choice. I'm, I'm in, I mean, it's even hard for me to say because the church guy, right? Uh, I'm in training to become a, a licensed pastor. And that, well, thank you. Now, that's the short version of where I've been with God. That's condensed. And I want you to think, what about you? What moments? What people? What things in your life have brought you here today? Because it's important to know where you've been and where you're coming from. Now, it already got personal and real for me. It's going to get even more so. And it might not seem like it to you because I've practiced this quite a bit. And it's hard to say some of the things I'm gonna say out loud. I think about how, how did this happen? How did I go from leading a college athletic department to working in a church? Where I try and read the Bible every day. What? what happened? I get asked that question a lot. What I've typically said, I don't know, it just happened. And I must be doing something okay because I haven't gotten struck by lightning yet. <laughs> yep, it makes people laugh. It, it kind of softens that moment. But I don't want to say that. Because it's a disservice. It makes light something that's really important in my life. It's belittling to me. I think about all the people that have infested in me and have believed in me? How does it make them feel when I make a joke about what I'm doing with my life right now? What does God think about it when I say that? Because when I think about it, I know exactly how I got here today. And as I am become more aware of how I got here today and how I lean into it and the steps I've taken, I want the same thing for you. And it's not complicated. There's really four stages. And frankly, we've already eliminated the first stage for everybody that's, that's here or watching online. You know, that, that first stage, there, there are four places. You just don't know about God. You know, there are people in the world that have no idea that God exists or, or even a church exists. That's the first stage. The second stage, maybe we got some people in that stage today, you know about God, but you don't believe in God. Maybe you're just maybe it's not that you haven't chosen not to believe but you're you're just indifferent. That second stage is someone who knows God exists but doesn't believe. That third stage like I said these are pretty simple that third stage is, is someone who knows about God and believes in God. I know we got some of those here today. You know who God is? You believe in him? You believe that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead? That's the third stage. The fourth stage is someone who knows about God, believes in God, and follows God. 20 years ago, I couldn't fathom that question. What does that really mean? Hey, I believe in God. I go to church consistently. I've read the Bible. I get the gist of it. I know what's in there. I bet all of us in here can quote, quote, repeat back some sort sort of a Bible story story. Hey, I don't need to read the Bible every day. I go to church on Sunday. The pastor tells me what I need to know. You know, it's kind of like McDonald's. I know what's on the menu. For me, I like to keep things simple. I'm a black and white kind of guy, absolute. I know not everybody's that way. But there's some things in your life that you have to make a decision. You have to put a stake in the ground. I think this is one of those decisions. The question, the question I want you to ask yourself this morning do I believe in God? When you ask yourself that question, you're going to have some feelings probably. Some of you are like, yeah, duh, here I am. If that's your feeling. I'm thinking about, okay, hey, what's next for you? Because I don't think there's anybody in here that doesn't want more. If you're on the other side of that equation, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm not so sure. I want you to lean into that. Why am I not sure? Is it something that happened in, a, in my church life? Is it, is it something that, that's happened somewhere? Lean into those questions so that you can decide, hey, do I believe or do I not believe? Because one thing I know in all the people that I've gotten to spend time with, everybody wants more. Sometimes it's material things, but those only last for an instant. More, more to me is your relationship. It's your relationship with, your, with Jesus. It's your relationship with to God. And if you're sitting there going, hey, I believe, but what's next? I'm going to tell you, I know the believing is not enough. It's not enough. I heard someone I respect say this a couple weeks ago, someone that's been pretty influential in, in my spiritual journey, and what he said, and I think is right after thinking about it, is he said, Christianity is being reduced to believing, not following. Now, don't miss this. Believing is huge because when you believe, when you believe it means you've accepted the the gift that Jesus gave us, that that he died for. All we have to do is believe in him, and we're saved, and we get to go to heaven. That is huge. So don't hear me gloss over that. That is huge. But once you start to believe, there's so much more. And what is that? Well, I'm gonna give you some steps and what that looks like, but first, here's a thought process for you. I believe, I believe my dentist knows what's good for my teeth. My te- dentist gives me good advice. I believe him, but I don't floss every day. I believe I have impulse control issues when it comes to candy, specifically chocolate-covered candy. I believe that, but I'll still go to Sam's Club, buy the three-pound thing of chocolate-covered almonds and eat it in three days. Right? I I believe that. I believe that my wife appreciates it and likes it when I put the toilet seat down. Right? How good am I at that? So here's my big brain question for you. Are you really believing if you don't follow through? I mean, I believe all those things, but I don't follow through on them. What's that look like? It's the big brain question. Are are we really believing if we don't follow through? The scripture, it's super clear. Biblically based. James. James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just read it. Don't just believe it. Just don't nod your head do it. That's the journey we're all on, is how do we do it? Because the, no, the more you know, the more you believe, the more you follow. And then watch out, because that's, that's really where things in your life start to change. I went from believer to follower. My life changed. Charles, the guy that held the door open for you, been coming to Prairie Heights for 10 years, there's a pivotal point at seven years where things started to change for him, and that's when he went from believer to follower. Changed. You can ask him about it on your, on your walk out. But what does it look like? It, it looks like taking steps to get a little bit more involved. These are my friends, the Larson's. You know where the Larson's are at right now? One of them is right there at that camera, and one of them is right there. Yeah. I met them. We do this thing called playbook for people that want to learn a little bit more about Prairie Heights and maybe wanna get involved a little bit. They, they showed up one Sunday. And they shared they'd been coming to Prairie Heights for a year and that they felt like it was, it was time to get just a little bit more involved. Had a conversation, what are you interested in? Maybe what are some things that fill your bucket? Because we want win-win situations. And I'll tell you right now, it is not about having someone at that camera or the lights. That's not why we try and get people involved. Because it's a step in their spiritual journey. And when you start to get involved, you start to get relationships and you start to get connected and it changes your life. There's no doubt about it. We talked about this. Darren's got some expertise in an area where I need some help. And I got him on my list. I'm gonna call him and ask him, hey, can you come spend an hour with me to help me with this and let's take a look so I can learn from you and you can make Prairie Heights better. Now, how good is that gonna feel when he gets to use his expertise to help out his church? Nothing like it. Those are steps They're taking. And when you get involved, you start to get connected, and it starts to be just a little bit more. It's a process, a journey. Where are you? Where are you at right now? Ask yourself that question. And I guarantee you there's some people in this room that go, it doesn't matter, that's a dumb question. I'm like, ask yourself, why do I feel that way about that question? The challenge is if we just believe we can't grow spiritually. We can't get that more if we just stop at believing. So let's take a a look at Hebrews. And Hebrews says, anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. What does that mean? I mean, just like a baby, we start off with milk, and then as we grow, we get bigger and more complicated food. I like the wording in the King James translation, and you're going to find out why here in a second. But the wording in the King James translation is, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Strong meat. So I don't know about you, but when I grill, last night I grilled. my 10-year-old wants a hot dog. Now, I can eat a hot dog, and sometimes I enjoy a hot dog, but it's not enough for me. It's not strong enough. I'm more like a steak, more like a ribeye. And then I was like, let's have some fun. So let's give away a steak right now. So pull out your phones. I'm not kidding. We're going to go old school. And it, I'm going to tell you, it, it, I'll look into my watch because I know there's some people in the audience. There are some people in the audience who will text me right now starting just so that their name shows up 10th. We're going to go old school. Like, remember calling in the radio station for those a little bit older? Enough. And the 14th caller is going to win that CD or that cassette tape back when I was growing up. Once we put my number up there, the 10th person that texts me is gonna win that stake. It is, it is an awesome steak. there's no doubt about it. You're gonna go home with that bad boy and you can grill it. And you'll have it because before the end of the song, at the end of service, I will text you back and tell you that you won. And when my phone number goes up there, I'm looking at my watch, you got my cell phone number, in just a second, when that goes up there, you start texting and the 10th person, the 10th name from 937 on is gonna win. But online, we got the same thing for you. You're not going to win a stake, but the 10th person, and I'm going to ask you, put in your name and online, if you're online, the 10th person, we're gonna get, I'll, send you a, I'll send you a gift card this afternoon because it's always kind of fun to win something. I mean, look, I, I know I shouldn't turn around, but look at that. It's a fantastic stake. I'm just telling you that right now. All right, back to business. Back to business. You got my number? First, first people, hey, 10th texter. But back to business. Yeah, there it is. Thanks for helping me out. I should have known. I I know people are, it's worth, it's worth trying to be the 10th texter. What that scripture tells us is what was once appropriate and right is not always going to be appropriate and right. You're going to outgrow it. That's your faith journey. And if you're growing spiritually, what satisfies you today will not satisfy you hopefully a month from now, a year from now. Here's a great example. I don't know if you're aware, but there are a ton of high school graduations going on this weekend. So hey, for all the high school graduates and for the parents, I mean, you got your kids there. You got your kids there. I have a daughter. She graduated from high school last year, went to college for a year, lived in the dorms, and she's back home for a couple of weeks before she moves into her next place. And let me tell you what, because some of you are going to think like I think. Comes back in the house, I'm like, hmm. That curfew she has had in high school, it should be pretty good still. Yeah, not, not so much. Not so much. What was good back then is not good today. And hopefully, you're growing spiritually so you can look back and go, oh, man, how did I ever think that was right or that was good or that I should be doing that? Hopefully, you learn from it and we keep growing from it. So, where does all this go? I always like to begin with the end of mind and the end in mind. And, and what does Jesus tell us? That's a great place to start. Hey, what does Jesus tell us? And then what do we do? Jesus was pretty clear. I like to read, and I'm really trying to study the Gospels, and the Gospels are four books in the Bible. They're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the beginning of the New Testament, and they're four different guys who are giving an account of Jesus' life. So they're all seeing the same thing, and they write it all differently. Matthew, he's a tax collector or an accountant in today's terms, and so he's pretty exact. And Jesus dies, and he rises from the dead, and he comes back, and and they run into him on the road. And, And this is what Jesus said. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Same thing, it got recorded in Mark, it's in Mark 15, John 21. It's consistent, and in in church terms, it's often called the Great Commission. And it simply means, for us at Prairie Heights, it simply means we're sent to go out in our community, and because of the way we live and the choices we make, more people are gonna wanna follow Jesus. And that's why believing, it's not enough. We gotta follow. Because if you believe, don't you wanna follow one of Jesus' greatest commandments? He left us some things. And that's one of them. So how do we do it? How do we live that out? Well, you try and follow him every day. And meet him where you can, and do the best you can, because we know it's not, not gonna be exact. And most of all, you gotta remember it's a journey. Because we think it's gonna, it's gonna be a straight line. But in reality, it looks all squiggly. And you're gonna go backwards, you're gonna go forwards. So what's the first step? How do, how do I actually live this out? So the first thing, the first thing you have to do is you have to have recognition. You have to have recognition when God shows up in your life. I was at dinner with some friends a couple of weeks ago. We are talking about things to do in Fargo. One of them has only lived here eight or nine months. And somebody said, hey, have you gone to Sweet Shots yet? He's like, Sweet Shots? Because he came from a different part of the country. What's that? And they're like, hey, it's Top Golf, which is the same thing, different brand name, kind of like McDonald's, Burger King. He's like, yeah, it's, it's about golf. They're like, hey, have you seen those giant poles down on, on, what is it, 52nd and I-29? If you drive by it, you can't miss it. And the light went on. He's like, yeah, I know what Sweet Shots is now. And then we were able to have that conversation. But that's the thing. Once you see it, You can't unsee it. Before, he had no idea what sweet shots was. Now he can't unsee it. He knows it. It just doesn't doesn't go away. Why is it important? Because you need to recognize when God shows up in your life. What does that look like? Because if you're not able to figure out when he shows up, you can't get into that next place. So here's a great example. This is Becky Thompson in about... Two weeks ago, she was sitting out there, and she, she's listening. And we're talking about baptism and getting dunked. And this is the week before we do baptism, and she's listening. And I got to do the welcome, and it was a fantastic welcome. And at, at the end of the welcome, she knew she wanted to get baptized. Something moved within her. Now I'll ask you in all seriousness, was it the welcome? Or was it God working in her life? I might like to say it's the welcome, my ego side, but it wasn't the welcome. It was God working in her life. It was recognizing that God God was working in her life. And that that's what you you gotta do, is you've you've gotta recognize when God's working in your life. And once you recognize that when God's working in your life, and these these are all interchangeable, but then you start learning God's word. So as a church staff, we, we study the Bible, which is, which is good, because we should. I mean, we really study the Bible. So we've been studying Ephesians throughout Stan, because Stan is based on Ephesians. And there's a part in Ephesians where it talks about putting on the armor of God and picking up the sword. It's the one time I've read so far in the Bible where, where, where it gives me kind of a weapon to fight against, you know, just all the evil stuff. And you know what that weapon is? It's reading the Bible. Here's what it looks like. My friend Jeff, he joined a grow group. And the grow group was specifically a Bible study of James, which might excite some people, might not excite other people. All sorts of different groups. That's why Janelle wants your feedback. But we're about three weeks in. And we're reading the Bible and you know, Jeff has recognized that he believes in God and he wants to follow God. So he so he comes to a group and he starts studying. Three weeks in, just asking guys, "Hey, what's going on?" Jeff's like, "Well, kind of had something happen." Like, "Oh, what?" There's this guy. I called him up and I I apologized to him. I just I just felt like I should. You know, there's the stuff we've been reading. Now, here's the amazing thing. Jeff called the guy who he probably hadn't spoken to in 20 years and apologized for something that happened 20 years ago. I can't imagine the the freedom and the peace that Jeff had after that. And it doesn't stop there. We're we're in this group and it's coming up on Christmas and we want to make a difference in people's lives. So we all chip in some money because there's some homeless men at the Dorothy Day house over in Moorhead, and we don't know if anybody's going to get him a present or not, so we all chip in, and then I asked Jeff to go shopping with me, so we're, we're shopping, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, with, with the money we've got, we can probably get a flannel and maybe some, some warm socks. So we're shopping, and I'm looking this way, and all of a sudden, Jeff's holding up this jacket and go, hey, what about this? And I can't imagine what the look on my face was, because I'm like, oh, there's no way we can afford that. And he must have read my mind. He's like, yeah, if it's too much, I'll cover the difference. Didn't even think about it. That's God showing up in your life. But here's the amazing thing. We look, we find the price of the jacket and it's inexpensive enough and they have every size that we need for those 11 guys. Then we also got to get them socks and some chocolate. Hey, you got some recognition when God shows up in your life? Or or are you just gonna attribute it to, oh man, we got lucky today. Hey, I don't know how I got here, but I haven't been struck by lightning. That's not the more that any of us wanna live like. It goes from recognizing when God shows up in your life to reading the Bible to then trying to live like Jesus because that's what my group and me were trying to do. We were trying to live like Jesus. Get, help, help people, love people. Your spiritual growth doesn't happen overnight, it's a journey. Where are you today, though? Where are you at right now in your spiritual growth? There's no bad place to be. Hopefully you've got some awareness of where you're at now and some steps about how to move forward. Because the beauty is once you see it, you can't unsee it. What What does that look like for me? I told you. I walked around the auditorium seven times last night. I got here a little later than I wanted to get here. Dinner took a little longer to cook. And I put my stuff over there. Put my keys down, jingly, all that sort of stuff. And I heard, felt, hey, you need to walk around the auditorium seven times and pray for people that are coming today. Like, really? Looked at my watch. It's 741. I've done it enough to know it's going to take me about 17 minutes to do. They're making dessert back at home. We're going to play some games, maybe have a fire. Didn't want to do it. But that's the difference for me. I walked around this auditorium seven times last night praying. Praying maybe that something that God gives me to share today touches somebody in here. Felt pretty good when I was done. Sure didn't want to do it at the beginning, but that's what it looks like for me. And why is spiritual growth so important? Because as you grow, it gets stronger. And if your faith doesn't grow up, if you don't make progress with it, it falls apart so easily. If you don't invest in it and grow it and water it, it's gonna fall down some, someday. Over the last five weeks, we've shared the vision for our church for the next two years through Stan. And how we're gonna live out our our mission to connect those apart from God with Christ and a church family. And specifically, we're gonna focus on three areas. And there are three areas, I think, that people get excited about. I know I get excited about it. I get excited about the changed lives. I get excited about our future generations. I get excited about trying to transform our community. I get excited about trying to stand in the gap. But here's the thing. If I don't keep growing, if my faith isn't strong, it's not getting better. I can't stand in the gap. It'll fall apart. And it's so important that we all continue to grow so that we can make the changes that we want to see. Maybe for you, maybe for other people. So I just want to read Ephesians 3.16 to 21 because it's what Stan is based on and it fits in perfectly today. So this is Paul. He's one of the apostles and he, he's writing a, a letter to a church because they didn't have text and Snapchat back then. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you, that he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established, that spiritual growth in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness. That you may be filled. That you may be full. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Hang on. That wasn't very professional. But I was not expecting the emotions that I'm feeling right now. Your faith has the power to sustain you in tough times. Maybe things haven't been going so good with your spouse, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, and you get divorced. Maybe you lose, lose a child, miscarriage. Maybe your kid's getting wheeled into the operating room. Is your faith going to stand up in that space? Because we don't know what's going to happen in our life. And those are those, are those tough times but it's also that, that faith that encourages you to sign up as a mentor in a girls mentorship program. It's that faith that sees somebody hurting and somebody struggling where you give money to try and make their situation just a little bit better. It's that faith to maybe take a part-time job at your local church because somebody sees something in you and it's an opportunity to explore. It's your faith and your spiritual growth that allows us to experience that fullness that we were talking about in Ephesians. I don't cry a whole lot. I'm not an emotional guy. But here I am. One of the reasons why I left what I was doing to come here is because this happens more and more. It's one of the big changes in trying to lean in that God was telling me, hey, maybe when you have emotion like this, you should pay a little more attention to it and do something with it. It's why I chose to be here doing what I'm doing. That's why I choose to try and grow my faith and take steps in my spiritual journey. What do you choose? Let me say a prayer. God, just ask that every single person, you show up, you show up in their life in a way that they can't miss. Be near them. Just God, be near. Be near them so they can begin to recognize when you're showing up in their life. Maybe that recognition, it it, it leads, it leads to just, just a little bit of a desire to open up the Bible and maybe read just a little bit. And that recognition, maybe it leads to Hey, seeing somebody else that's hurting and, and lending a hand. Maybe that recognition, it helps you see an opportunity to reach and impact more people. God, I just ask for, that you show up in everybody's lives in a way that they can't miss. And do it so they can't miss it. Can't say that enough, God. Thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to be together today. And just bless everybody as they head out and celebrate the holiday weekend and and the next week. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prayheightscom give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.